0: On Friday, June 12th edition, highlights in the first round of the Charles Schwab Challenge. The NHL is entering stage three of the return to play. The basketball tournament is scheduled July 4th to the 14th and much more. Basketball is back. Unfortunately, it's not the NBA, but it's a basketball tournament which is played by current and former NBA players. With the NBA not returning until July 31st, the basketball tournament is scheduled three and a half weeks before the NBA season resumes. It will be aired live on ESPN. It will be a single elimination tournament. In years past, it had 64 teams, but because of the pandemic, the tournament is only allowing 24. The event will take place at Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio, home of the Columbus Blue Jackets of the NHL. The tournament organizers stated that if one player tests positive for the coronavirus, the whole team will be eliminated from the tournament and forced to go home. TBT, or also known as the basketball tournament, has gotten very popular over the last few years. The tournament was founded in 2014 by Jonathan Mugger. Ever since the outbreak, the tournament has been trying to schedule a date and find arena. The organizers of the event also announced they will not be allowing fans in the arena. As soon as a team gets beat, it will be asked to leave and return home to keep players, coaches, and media all safe. TBT recently just signed an extension with ESPN to broadcast every tournament for the next few years. The tournament has yet to schedule a bracket, but will release one within the coming weeks. The tournament has a rule that most basketball leagues have not adapted to. TBT has introduced a new rule called ELAM ending. It requires the play clock to stop with four minutes left to play in the fourth quarter after a dead ball. And the winner has to reach to to score the points that the team with the lead had, With four minutes left to go plus an additional eight points. Even though it's not the NBA or college basketball, it's still extraordinary to have something like this during these challenging times. The original co-founder and team president of the Portland Trailblazers, Harry Glickman, passed away Wednesday at the age of 96. He helped lead the Trailblazers to their first and only championship in 1977. He was the team's first president and GM from 1970 till his retirement in 1994. Jody Allen, the head of the chair for the Blazers, said about Glickman, the Trailblazers have long been the beneficiary of Harry's, Harry's vision, generosity, and inspiration. As the team's founder and first general manager, his leadership was instrumental in igniting our city's pride and passion for sports. I'm grateful for Harry's many contributions to the franchise over the years. He will be missed by many. Glickman, originally helped by the team, 3.7 million dollars. Harry was from Portland and graduated from the University of Oregon. 50 years ago, Harry was able to purchase a small market team that was unheard of back then. Harry was responsible for drafting an eventual league MVP, Bill Walton. Walton is considered the greatest player in Trailblazers franchise history. Chris McGowan, the CEO and president of the Trailblazers, also said something about the sad news. Harry was the definition of a true trailblazer. Through his dedication and persistence, Harry not only created a successful sports franchise in a small Western market, but has united hundreds of thousands of people around the world through a shared love of basketball. Rip City will be forever thankful to Harry and his forgotten raincoat. Before we dive into some more awesome sports topics, I'd like to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard anything about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Can't go wrong with that. And guess what? There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That's not all, though. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It keeps on getting better, though. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get back to the show. Roger Federer, who had injured himself, was set to skip playing tennis for 2020. However, ESPN analyst Brad Gilbert won't count him out just yet. Back in 2016, Feditor had similar knee issues but made an incredible resurgence in 2017. He also would likely be unseated if Tennis gets going again due to the inactivity from him, which means that his opponents will be facing he'll be facing will be outmatched by Federer, who turns 39 in August. In, in a video call with Federer, he said, I can't imagine competing in an empty stadium. I don't succeed, and I hope it never happens. It's clear that the possibility is feasible, but I think we could wait for the appropriate moment to return in the best conditions with at least a third of the stadium full or half in. He also said the following on Twitter, Now much like I did leading up to the 2017 season, I plan to take the necessary time to be 100% ready to play at my highest level. I'll be missing my fans in the tour dearly, but I'll be looking forward to seeing everyone back on tour at the start of the 2021 season. However, he still will have to battle with hurdles, most obvious his knee, which he had surgery on earlier this year but had suffered setbacks from the surgery and age. When he took the time off in 2016, he had taken six months, whereas now... It has currently almost been a full year, which is a long time for tenants. Still, you shouldn't count them out just yet. Attorneys from Zion Williamson's former marketing eight manager, want federal judge in North Carolina to deny Williamson's motion for his partial judgment and allow them to conduct discovery into his financial history, as well as his parents' living arrangement during his time at Duke. The former Duke standout sued Gina Ford and Prime Sports in 2019 as an attempt to terminate his marketing agreement with the company. In the same month, Ford and Prime Sports sued Williamson, Creative Arts Agency, and two of their employees for $100 million. Ford and their attorney's argument was that Williamson wasn't subject to North Carolina agent law and wasn't eligible to play at Duke. In a motion, state court last month, Ford's lawyers tried to get Williamson to admit that his mom and stepdad demanded and received gifts, money, and other forms of benefits, and from people associated with Duke to influence him into signing with Duke and wear Nike. The motion included property records and real estate listings that show his parents moved from South Carolina to a home in North Carolina after he had signed with Duke. The judge also asked to examine the three cars registered by Zion's parents impacted plaintiff's eligibility to remain a student-athlete. Ford's motion also included with reported text between Nike executive Carlton DeBose, Jamal James, as well as recruiting coordinator John Stolville when they discussed alleged financial offerings made by Nike to plaintiffs. Hockey is one step closer to resuming the 2019-2020 season. The NHL announced on Thursday that teams that were part of the 2014 playoff will be required to start mandatory training camp on July 10th. According to sources that are close to the situation, the league is leaning towards a two- to three-week training camp before they resume the season. Because the coronavirus was so infectious, the NHL had to suspend play on March 12th. Along with the other leagues, the NHL has been contemplating on how to resume the season. The league has devised a four-stage plan before returning to play. Currently, the NHL is in Stage 2, but is heading towards Stage 3. A few weeks ago, the NHL announced they were canceling the remainder of the season and going straight to the postseason. According to multiple reports, when the league does return for the postseason, they will be playing in two locations, one for the East and one for the West. To no surprise, there will be no fans at the event unless the pandemic gets better and health officials approve of spectators in the arena. The locations of this city is the cities that NHL is looking at are Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, LA, Las Vegas, Minneapolis, Toronto, Chicago, and Vancouver. Certain teams that still have not been able to train because of the cities that are still in lockdown. The Vancouver Canucks, Edmonton Oilers, and Calgary Flame are considering the idea of training in the U.S., Oilers GM Ken Holland informed the Edmonton Journal, we're going to wait until the hubs are selected before we make any decisions, and we'll make a quick decision once we know where we are going for the hub. Before the Hockey League goes back to play, the Players Association will need to vote on yes on stage 3 and stage 4 to resume the season. Many players in the league have con- have stated they want to come back and are working with the owners religiously on how to start the season back up again. At this present time, the NHL is targeting August to return to play and finish the Stanley Cup in October. Some fans are even calling this year's title the COVID Cup. The NHL also informed the players, media, and fans on how the playoffs would work when they came back. The NHL released their postseason plans as it looks like this postseason will be like this. The eight other teams in each conference will be seated on points and will be squared up in a five-game series with a playoff spot up for dibs. The UFC has been very busy over the last few days and months. The UFC announced they had purchased Fight Island in Abu Dhabi and have scheduled fights all the way to UFC 253 in September. The UFC is also looking to have former bantamweight women's champion Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. The UFC is targeting August 1st to host the event, and now it is likely that it will be a fight night instead of pay-per-view. According to multiple sources, the fight will be at the Apex in Las Vegas. Holm defeated Raquel Pennington in her last fight to enter a losing streak. Before that, Holm had lost three straight title fights. Since knocking out Ronda Rousey for the Bantamweight Women's Division title, she has been through a roller coaster ride. Since 2016, Holm has had a 3-2 record in the UFC. In 2019, she lost to women's bantamweight champion Amanda Nunez. Holm is looking to get back on track with a win against Alinda. Alinda has been on a tear the last year and hopes to continue to build off of her success. She recently just knocked out Ketlyn Vieira in the first round of her last fight. The UFC has also confirmed other fights will be on the card on August 1st. According to ESPN and MMA Fighting, middleweight division fighter Edmund Shabazzin will fight versus Derek Bronson as the co-main event. The UFC still does not know the name for the event, but it will release one soon. They'll be announcing who else will be on the card later this week. The next pay-per-view event will be on June 27th for UFC 251 at the Apex in Las Vegas. The main event for UFC 251 will be the third-ranked, lightweight Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker. The opening round of the Charles Schwab Challenge was played on Thursday. It was the first golf tournament since the Players' Championship three months ago. Because of the pandemic, fans were not allowed inside the Colonial Golf Course. However, that did not stop many spectators as most of them leaned on the fence and even yelled after a golfer had a good shot. The golfers were very eager to get back to golfing, and the first first round was very high scoring. Justin Rose and Harold Benier were tied for first place with a score of 7-under. It was the first time for the PGA Tour had such a long wait before their next event since World War II in 1945. The coronavirus pandemic was so severe, PGA Tour had to take on almost three months hiatus. The tour is aiming for the BMW Championship in August to let fans in golf courses for the first time since March. Now, back to golf highlights. Justin Rose and Harold Vanier couldn't have asked for a better start. Vanier did not miss a single green of regulation and Thomas' was ap- swing was absolutely amazing. Justin Co- Thomas was solid and looked like a veteran pro. The players who we thought would ha- do great this tournament started off very slowly. Roy McIlroy, the number one golfer in the world, struggled and only had a two under for the first round and is currently in 39th place. More than likely McIlroy will make the cut but needs to be careful, he's not too sloppy for the second round. Dustin Johnson was absolutely not himself during the opening round of the challenge. The last year and a half, DJ has struggled, and at the moment, he's two over for the opening round of the Charles Schwab Challenge. The second round coverage for the Charles Schwab Challenge begins at 8 a.m. Eastern on Friday morning and can be streamed on the PGA Tour Live, CBS, and the Golf Channel. Thanks for listening to the 7-Eleven Sports Podcast, your top seven sports stories of the day in just 11 minutes. Please don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.